Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Can you believe that just happened? Well, yeah, neither can I. The Bears were able to kick off the second half of the season looking to be able to bounce back and put a wounded Packers team down, and they came up short. What can the Bears do to move forward from here? And is this John Fox's swan song? All of this and so much more on the most volatile episode you'll hear all year on the Chicago Bears Review. Well, I hope none of you were eating during that because you for sure vomited all over your entire goddamn living room. 23-16, we lose to a Packer team that was about as wounded and injured and shorthanded as anyone that we've ever faced. And we faced them at home. We faced them in, in poor weather conditions, and yet we still found a way to, after a two-week break, come out looking incompetent, sloppy, undisciplined, and just gave the game away. And what's even more mystifying about it is that we didn't turn the football over. Didn't turn it over once in the entire game, and somehow we managed to serve this thing up on a silver platter for Green Bay. It was unreal sitting there watching that. I cannot believe that this game went down the way that it did. I mean, we were dominated by Green Bay. Dominated today. It was pathetic to watch. Two weeks to get ready for this game. Two weeks to sit there and watch. I mean, you saw this team play on Monday Night Football, national TV at home against the Lions, and they got housed by the Lions. Housed. I mean, they didn't even belong on the field with Detroit. And I'm sitting here salivating, thinking like, man, this is going to be good. You know, we may not win by 50 points, but we should be able to bounce them around the field the same way Detroit did, right? Right? No. No, we didn't. It was an utter disaster from the absolute beginning. We come out, <laughs> we do nothing on offense. Uh, we a third quarter, we had zero yards of offense in the third quarter. Zero, not one yard gained uh, in the in the third quarter. Uh, <laughs> we I mean, and it, it things that can only happen to the Bears. Only happen to the Bears. You know, chief chief example. What was it? Second quarter when it happened, uh, the Benny Cunningham screenplay, uh, the the Packers uh, drive the field. They they score a touchdown uh, on us. The Bears are answering. Okay, we're driving down the field, set up a beautiful looking screenplay for a change instead of one that the entire defense can see coming. We finally set one up that catches the Packers with their pants down. Benny Cunningham gets it, makes a move, gets to the outside, dives for the pylon as he's flying out of bounds and 
the initial call was no he didn't make it he was about a yard or two short okay now every other time Every other time we would that Bear fans would have been screaming for Fox to challenge the call, challenge the call, challenge the call. He wouldn't do it. Okay? He wouldn't challenge the call, not in a million years. Not if he had a gun to his head, he wouldn't challenge the call. But what does he do this time? He challenges the call. And what happens? Something that can only happen to the goddamn Bears. Okay? When we look upon further review, as Benny Cunningham is flying out of bounds, reaching for the pylon, the ball comes out of his hands. The ball comes loose in his hands, touches the pylon with the football, and therefore, instead of not challenging the call and the Bears having it at, you know, first down at the two-yard line, where we would have been poised to tie up the football game, uh, instead, it is now a fumble, a turnover, and a touchback for the Green Bay Packers. So, that encapsulates the John Fox era of Chicago Bear football right there. Making the wrong call every single time. You know, it's like I can't really fault him for making the, the for challenging it because the first time that I saw it was was an angle from behind. So I I from behind I could not see the ball coming out. But as a fan, seeing the first replay, seeing that he didn't step out of bounds or anything like that, it should have been uh, I wanted him to challenge it. And sure enough, he actually does this time. And what happens? We get to see from other angles that Cunningham actually lost control of the football before touching the pylon. And it goes against the Bears and falls into Green Bay's hands, thwarting our best offensive drive of the uh, of the first half because we should have scored. I believe we would have uh, if we'd uh, held on to the... Uh, onto the ball or not challenged it like Fox hasn't done every other single time that we as Bear fans wanted him to. And the one time that he actually does, it, it, you know, it somehow works against us perfectly. Just, you know, couldn't have gone any worse than it was. I mean, and, and of course, as soon as Chris Spielman brought up the fact that he thought Cunningham lost control of the football, uh, you know, he also admitted Dean Blandino again, who was ruling in the Bears' favor in the Saints game, Dean Blandino and Chris Spielman both talk about how Benny Cunningham's toe is scraping uh, the the sideline, is is out of bounds. He's touching and out of bounds. That's why it's not going to be a touchdown. That's the first thing they were looking at. Okay, it's not going to be a touchdown because his toe is touching out of bounds. He's scraping his toe, uh, you know, against the uh, the white side, the sideline, the the stripe, and you know, basically what the the as soon as they said that, I was like, this is going to go against the Bears. It's going to be a fumble. It's going to go back to Green Bay because that's what happens to the Bears. And sure enough, it's uh, it was determined that uh, the fumble actually the, the 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 ball coming loose in Cunningham's hands happened before his toe was scraping against the ground therefore it is a fumble and a touchback first and 10 green bay from the chicago bear 20 yard line so or from their own 20 yard line i should say so that encapsulated the day right there you know on a day where the weather really could not have been worse you know and this is soldier field we're talking about so any kind of moisture is going to turn the field into a fucking ice rink and here it goes um this is the day that counter barth kicks three 40-plus-yard field goals looking like Adam Vinatieri out there, just putting them through the uprights like he shot him out of a cannon. It's like on this day of all days, he can't kick a field goal indoors in New Orleans. You know, he can't kick a field goal, <laughs> but he can put three directly through the uprights, wind in his face, rain in his eyes, 45, 44, and 49 today 
uh, for uh, for uh, for Counter Barth. It's just like unreal, you know. Just like it's bizarro world today because Counter Barth is going to look like a Pro Bowl field goal kicker. Our defense is going to look like they're. It's like I've ne- they haven't tackled this poorly. It, it was un- unbelievable. You know, is this becoming a trend? Because we had trouble tackling uh, against the Saints just before the bye, and then we come back out, and no matter who's carrying the ball, they ended. We ended up going to their third string running back in this one. Uh, Jamal Williams was one of their third round picks or something like that. Uh, there were two, like Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery, both leave the game. One with a knee injury, the other with a rib injury. So it's him or it's nobody. Like Randall. Cobb- The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Bob's going to have to carry the football uh, you know, if, if, if this kid goes down and instead he keeps squirting right through the defense, like he's covered in KY jelly or something, you know, he's just bouncing all around. I mean, in the, it was pathetic to sit there and watch like they just like they had no energy or no strength. They couldn't drag this kid down with a bulldozer. You know, it was unreal to sit there and watch that, to sit there and watch Brent Hundley go like 20 of 26 today, 20 of 26. Unbelievable. Brett Hundley, of all the people on the planet, Brett Hundley, you know, making the guy look like he's Favre or Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers should be on the sideline letting this kid handle his light work for him. It was unreal sitting there watching that today, you know, and then they, they, they come in, and I hope the stat was correct, because if it is, I mean, actually, at this point, I want it to be, just so it can, you know, just to show how badly things went today. Green Bay came into this game with nine sacks on the year. First eight games of the season, nine sacks. You know how many had today? Five. They had five today. And they could have had more if not for Trubisky uh, putzing around in the pocket from time to time. It's just like, you know, what the hell, man? Seriously. It's like we were facing one of the worst pass defenses in football, and Trubisky did nearly throw for 300 yards today. You know, his numbers were decent. No interceptions, had a touchdown pass, a a good-looking throw to Josh Bellamy in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, 275, anywhere like 275, 290 uh, in that area uh, today. Did not mean a thing. Uh, Could not run the football uh, well because we're tipping our hand. There was one play in particular. I don't know if it was the first. I think it was in the first quarter. We did what we call an an overloaded... um, an unbalanced line uh, where you have two offensive tackles on. It was like we had the, the center, then you have the guard, the tackle, then another tackle, which was Bradley soul. And then there was a tight end and a wing back on the right side of the line. And what do we do? We ran a, we ran a, a pitch to the left side. 
And of course, Green Bay runs right over there because they've got more people over there than they do on the other side because Dole Loggins is trying to be cute again, uh, you know, with his uh, with his play calling. And he's just he just doesn't have the smarts for this man. He's just not up for it. He just can't do it. He he goes up there. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. I just it's like I knew. I mean, even if we ran to the right side, the play was going to fail. Because there are nine, ten guys in the box. There's, there's no way the plan that the play's gonna work. But instead, what do we do? We run where there are the fewest number of people over there. You know, we didn't motion anybody over to the left to give ourselves an extra uh, blocker over there. No, no, no. That would be too. You know, we they might actually know that we're running the football. Then, then I mean, we can't do that. That would be stupid. So instead, we'll just run a pitch and swing Howard out uh, wide to the left and put him out in space where three defenders are waiting for him and he'll lose yardage on a play uh, like that. I mean, that that perfectly encapsulates the way we've been running the football. You know, basically just banging our head against the wall, hoping, hoping for something positive to happen. Hoping that Jordan Howard, being the beast of a running back that he is, will either, you know, lower his head or make somebody miss or run somebody over to get some extra yardage uh, instead, we're throwing him out there to the wolves just about every time we run the uh, we run the ball. No imagination uh, running the uh, running the football, and I don't know what the hell was going on with the passing game early on. You know, I don't know if I'm going to play the knee jerk reactions or not because this whole show is going to be a knee jerk reaction because I just you know I even tweeted it out there. It's like I don't understand this team at all. I absolutely don't understand. This was actually a knee-jerk reaction, almost word for word. I'm about to say it to you right now. For the first several weeks of the season, you know, at least for the last five, I think Bellamy was involved early on, but for at least the last five weeks of the season, Josh Bellamy has been nothing but a special teams player for the Bears. Hasn't been on the offensive, uh, hasn't been out on the field as a wide receiver for weeks, at least not that I saw. I know for sure he hasn't caught a pass. Okay, but we come in two weeks, uh, a two week break. Marcus Wheaton is healthy. Dontrell Inman is going to play in his first game. We still have Trey McGride. Some for some reason we waived Tanner Gentry again. I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to catch back on with the practice squad. But you know, and we got uh, you know Daniel Brown is going to be playing, and uh, we got Adam Shaheen, uh, and uh, so not only is Bellamy actually playing in this game. But for one reason or another, he's heavily targeted in this game. I don't understand that. I don't get it. How does a guy who has been a ghost, a figment of our imagination on the offensive side of the ball for the last five weeks, when we could have used his help, we could have used him before, you know, before we got our hands on Inman, while Marcus Wheaton was healthy and or uh, when Marcus Wheaton was hurt, we could have used Bellamy. Okay, he filled in pretty well. I mean, obviously, he's not an NFL caliber receiver with all the drops and everything he had last year, but we could have used him out there. Okay, he always managed to find himself open. Catching the ball, that was the issue, but he could get open. That's what he was able to do for Matt Barkley last year. We could have used him out there, but instead, he stays on the sidelines, only playing special teams for the majority of the first half of the season. And then when we're finally in a spot that our off that our wide receiving core is actually in the best spot it's been in all year. We finally got Inman. He's going to play. Marcus Wheaton is healthy. Kendall Wright is healthy. Uh, Trey McBride is out there. That's the first four guys that we've been playing with. Everybody's healthy, but Bellamy is the primary target. What the fuck, man? I don't understand this at all. 
It doesn't make any sense. Okay? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay? And I just... <laughs> I sat there and I watched this disaster from beginning to end and just could not imagine how this thing was, how the Packers were making it look so easy. How are they making it look so easy? It was unbelievable. I mean, it, it's, it's one thing where a team has your number. It's another thing altogether that we just flat out for about the 50th week in a row got out coached big time today. Because we, we, we're supposed to have the better team in this one. We were favored, for fuck's sake, coming into this game. Favored to win this game by a touchdown. Instead, we lose it by a touchdown. Why? Because John Fox and because Dole Loggins. That's why. Okay. And more importantly, because Mike McCarthy made him look like a genius today. Everything he seemed to do worked. You know, with the Bears started up again with the penalties stabbing themselves in the in the you know stabbing them shooting themselves in the foot that whatever the fuck i'm trying to say i'm so pissed off right now you know i could not believe it man could not believe the touchdown that they had uh there in the in the second uh quarter set up by a pass interference call on uh on prince of mukamura you know another defensive penalty to set things up you know the bears with the mental errors one in particular uh there in the fourth quarter you know when you're the outside rush you're supposed to keep contained well uh, Pernell McPhee makes a move to the inside, um, opening up running lanes for Brent Hundley on third and three. Boom, he's off to the races, gets a huge first down, uh, moving the chains for the Packers. And, you know, they show us in, uh, Chris Spielman, shows the, the, who was the analyst for the game, shows us in a replay that uh, Pernell McPhee turns around and he's super pissed off at Mitch Unrein because Unrein was supposed to hook around. When, when Pernell goes to the inside, Unrein is supposed to swing around to the outside. He should have been there. Uh, to get uh, um, Hunley. He should have been there. He would have stopped him. Or at the very least, forced Hunley back to the inside where he has help. But instead, he runs wild, gets the first down. The next thing you know, the Packers put the touchdown on the board that made it 23-13 uh, to 13, uh, with about four minutes to go, five minutes to go, whatever it was in the game. And I tweeted immediately, when that touchdown happened, this 10-point deficit might as well be 100 with the way our offense is playing turned out to be right i mean we we had one little ray of sunshine because i i recorded my fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction with two minutes to go in the game right after um right after the packers got that first down um it was that pla that pass play to um Devontae adams third and ten deep in their own territory brent hundley instead of uh you know because that's not what they do the packers play to win Mike McCarthy, he's playing to win. Chris Spielman was saying, you know what? Hand the ball off to Jamal Williams, see what he can get. Otherwise, we're punting the ball, putting it back in the hands of the uh, Bears, and I'm trusting my defense has played well. That's what Chris Spielman was expecting. Okay, That's playing not to lose. That's what that is right there. Playing not to lose. Be conservative, protect the lead, put the ball into the hands of uh, somebody who hasn't done a damn thing with it all day. That's what most people would have done or anyone who's trying not to lose a football game would do. Instead, what does Mike McCarthy do? On third and 10, he has Hunley do seven-step drop, step back, fling it 40 yards downfield to Devontae Adams, who one arm catches it while uh, Kyle Fuller interferes with him to get the ball down into field goal range. Into field goal range. And that happened at the two-minute warning. I went on the, the knee-jerk reaction. Boom, right there. This game is over. 
this game is over because even if the Bears somehow manage to stop them from putting it in the end zone, they're at least going to put a field goal on the board, and that's a 10-point game with no timeouts and um, you know two minutes to go with this offense that we have today. So it's over. It is done. Well, it turns out Mason Crosby... Mason Crosby didn't miss the field goal. His holder did. I mean, he dropped the snap and basically just put it so that Crosby could get a foot on it, and he shanked it wide right. wasn't his fault at all, but it was finally a break for the Bears. But instead, we, <laughs> we, I think we had the ball, what, five plays? You know, we got a first down on first and ten, and then four straight, you know, shit pass plays after that uh, were given the ball back. And my favorite play was on fourth down. That was my favorite of them all, was when Trubisky was forced out of the pocket. He's rolling to his right, throws it to Benny Cunningham, who's standing maybe six feet in front of him. And now it's up to Benny Cunningham to get eight or nine yards on fourth and ten. He gets about four or five of them, realizes that he's screwed, turns around and pitches it to Horonis Grasso, who was expecting that football about as much as we were all expecting the moon to fall right out of the sky. I mean, it just... He was like, what the hell? He tries his best not to fumble it, trips over Cunningham, and the ball game is over. 34 seconds left. The Packers kneel on it. That's it. That's your ball game. And we should have won this game, not because of the way that we played, but coming into this game, why would you pick Green Bay to win? Other than the fact that they're playing the Bears, why would you pick Green Bay to win this game? They looked horrendous against the Lions. Horrendous against the Lions. Embarrassed themselves on national TV. The final score was 30-17. to 17. It wasn't even that close. Not even close. You know, it was a lot closer to 30-10 to 10 before they added that garbage touchdown in the final minutes of the, uh, of the game. They had no business, uh, you know, expecting a win coming into Chicago. Uh, on Sunday and instead Mike McCarthy out coaches uh, John Fox once again and uh, gets a few lucky breaks but for the most part it was Green Bay's own doing man they did it themselves they dominated uh, the Bears uh, from start to finish and what could have been the Bears you know moving up to four and five pushing the Packers into last place in the division giving them their fourth straight loss now Green Bay's off the schneid They've lost three in a row. Now they got that victory. They're five and four now. They're still in the playoff hunt uh, for this thing. You know, they still got a shot at the postseason. Now all of a sudden they probably believe in themselves. This is what the Bears have done for them today. They went from being a team that had lost three straight, was just embarrassed on national TV at home against a team that they've lost to twice in their home building in the last quarter of a century. And they come into our house some of the worst weather of the season by far on the worst football field in the National Football League and somehow managed to kick our ass all over it today. Just, you know, a defensive unit that had nine sacks come in, uh, coming into this game after first half of the season. Eight games, they had nine sacks. They had five today, and they made it look like they've been doing it all year long. You know, um, <laughs> they, I just... just I can't wrap my head around this. I just can't. Like, this actually happened today. Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I just... I sat there. I watched it, you know? And and the funny thing was, the worst thing about it all, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised to be witnessing this at all, you know? 
It was sitting there and it was happening to me. I was upset that it was happening, but I wasn't the least bit surprised. I wasn't the least bit surprised because the same thing happened uh, last year. You know, coming off the bye, we looked like a bunch of retards and get our asses kicked all over the field. And, you know, we had a bad football team last year, so it wasn't all that surprising. But it's like, you know, you're supposed to be refreshed and ready to go and and everything after the bye. Maybe you're a little rusty in the beginning of the first quarter, and that's what the Bears looked like. They were, you know, the defense gave up that drive, the field goal in the first quarter, but they seemed to buckle down in the later half of the uh, of the of the first quarter you know they instead of giving up the long drive they shut Huntley and company down they get the football back in the hands of the offense uh, and so on the, the the offense doesn't do anything with the first drive they come back long drive they get a field goal in the second so it's 3-3 after the first quarter um, you know but then the, like the wheels fell off in the second quarter we're giving up long touchdown runs now uh, Ty Montgomery or I think it was with the with the long touchdown run uh, then the whole thing with the, the Benny Cunningham, Fox actually challenges a call uh, for a change, and instead it, it blows up in our face in the most epic way possible. Uh, not only was it not a touchdown, uh, it was actually, in fact, a fumble with a touchback. So what we thought, what we were thinking, worst-case scenario, he's out of bounds the two-yard line. Yeah, no, we're going to go into catastrophic scenario where you lose the football, Green Bay gets it back, and they're at the 20-yard line going back the other way. That's how that's going to play out for you because fuck you, John Fox. So, yeah. So I apologize for my language, guys. It just it's I'm just not in the mood to be... Uh, I'm not in the mood to bite my tongue or, or play nice today. This just is, you know, I've been waiting two weeks for this game. Was excited to see what we'd be able to do uh, against this team. It's set up so well for the Bears. And it's just, this is what happened. If you guys remember in 2015, there was a stretch of the schedule I was really excited about. We were playing the 49ers. We were playing the Redskins, who were, who were not a good football team that year. Uh, you know, uh, a wounded Broncos team and, and all that kind of stuff. It was setting up like, yeah, the Bears, they could win about three three or four, you know, three of these five games. We'd be in a really good spot going into the year. Instead, we lost them all, okay? And what's the one game we won was the one game I said we didn't have a chance in hell of winning was that Thursday night game on Thanksgiving against the Packers in Green Bay on Brett Favre Jersey retirement night. Yeah, let's win that one, but let's ignore beating the, uh, you know, a a Peyton Manningless Broncos team uh, at home in, you know, blizzard conditions. Uh, You know, let's lose an overtime to the 49ers where we make 18 fucking errors that and if we don't make one, if we just not make one mistake, one of those many mistakes, if we don't make one of them, we win that game in regulation and it doesn't get to overtime. Let's lose while Blaine Gabbert runs a 44 yard touchdown run down our throats to make us look like a bunch of that game still pisses me off if you couldn't tell and you know like you know let's let's lose all the games that we should win and win the one game that nobody on earth would predict for us to win and that's what the bears are doing this year did you think that we would spank the carolina the panthers the way that we did no we thought that we would beat the unholy piss out of green bay today and instead they turn it around on us were we supposed to win that game against the steelers no absolutely not but instead we went ahead and we did that. It took overtime to do it, thanks to Marcus Cooper, but we ended up winning that game. Should we have won on the road at Baltimore? Nope, probably not. But instead, we go ahead and we win that game. Every win that we have 
Like when I talked to Lauren Cox during the, 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 the midseason review, it's like, yeah, I'm thrilled that we have three wins. I didn't think that we would looking at our schedule, but every one of those wins has a yeah, but connotation to it, you know? And now this loss is the cherry on top. Me and my buddy were texting during the game. Last thing he texted to me, this is the game that gets John Fox fired. It's like, you're fucking right it is. It absolutely is. This is the game right here. This is the game that gets John Fox fired. He loses his job over that game right there. You know, same thing like a few years ago uh, in 2013, as a matter of fact, when, uh, when, uh, when Rodgers goes down, it's set up perfectly for the Lions to walk away with the division that year. You know, Jim Schwartz was the head coach there. And instead of walking away with the division because they were you know, the best team, the Bears were good on offense, but had that epically bad defense with Mel Tucker in 2013. Uh, you know, we could score points, but our opponents were scoring more. That's how bad it was. And, uh, you know, with Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers for a big chunk of the season, uh, you know, in Minnesota being one of the, you know, not not a very good team at all uh, in 2013, it was Detroit's division to lose. And instead... <laughs> They match the Bears win loss win loss win loss to go into the final uh, couple of weeks of the season. They blow it. Ended up finishing like six and ten. Jim Schwartz gets himself fired. Now, not saying that the Bears are in a position to win the division because the Vikings are playing outstanding football right now, but we're definitely in a spot where we could finish better than Green Bay. We got two games with Detroit coming up. We could finish better than them. We might even be able to move into second place in this division. You never know. The way that this, I mean, look at the schedule. No Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay. We got Detroit coming in next week. You know, yeah, we're probably going to get our asses handed to us by Philadelphia. Actually, that'll be the game that we win. We'll win in Philadelphia now because we're going to get our asses kicked by Detroit next week inexplicably. For some reason, we will not be able to beat Detroit next week. But we'll go on the road at Philadelphia. They'll be, what, 10 and 1, 11 and 1 at that point. And uh, we'll go on then. We'll sack Carson Wentz seven times. Alshon Jeffrey will snap a, uh, a ligament or something in his knee because that's what he does. And then, you know, Trubisky will throw for 380 and four touchdowns, and that'll be the last game we win all year because we'll go ahead after that. We'll give Cleveland and San Francisco their first wins uh, of the season. We'll lose on the road again to Detroit, and then we'll finish it off by beating a garbage uh, team in Minnesota. That's getting ready for the playoffs. We'll beat their backups and in the season finale because Minnesota is preparing for uh, preparing for the playoffs. So instead of you know having a schedule where maybe the Bears five and three, you know best case best case scenario six and two, just because it's setting up so well for us, we're going to go two and six in this last eight games. John Fox will be bounced off his ass to get off this team, and we'll bring in somebody who hopefully. Can uh, can help us bridge the gap here because we 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 can't keep doing this. You know, I I don't want the Bears to lose. I will never root for them to lose. But I'm in a spot right now. I I, I don't want Fox to succeed anymore. I'm done with him. I want him out. I want John Fox out. You know, I was thrilled when we got him. He was everything I thought we needed as far as being a coach that had some experience. Instead of pulling guys off the street that have never coached, never been a head coach in their lives, and for it to be evident of that fact, you know, and going through the growing pains of that, and it hasn't worked out. 
you know, it turns out that it's, it's just, he's just not, he's not the guy. He's not the guy for us. He, it's time for him to go. And, uh, he's got to take Loggins. Well, I got to take Loggins with him. You know, the, the one negative thing about losing John Fox would probably be that Vic Fangio doesn't stick around. Uh, and that's going to suck, but, um, you know, sacrifices have to be made at this point. You know, I guess we just have to cut, cut the, uh, cut the head off and to, to kill the rest of the body. It's, it's just, uh, it can't keep going on like this. You know, I, I do honestly believe that John Fox got himself fired today. Uh, would not be surprised at all if I was to read a headline today saying that John Fox was fired as head coach of the Chicago Bears today. And uh, he is out on his ass. And that would be fantastic. Well, I'll go home to Chicago to and take part in the parade to send him back home to wherever home might be. Maybe it's Carolina because he's, you know, coached out there for 12 years. He probably still lives out there in the offseason or whatever. But... <clears throat> It's 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 got to end. It has to end now, you know. Uh, it, it it's just, it's enough is enough. Enough is enough. You know, we we have uh, we have the pieces in place to make the progress that we want to make to keep moving forward, but we do not have the coaching staff that is going to allow this team to make the kind of progress that they need to make. We just don't. And having a defensive-minded coach and a retard as an offensive coordinator. Not the best environment to be bringing in a rookie quarterback to either. You know, it's just, you can't do it that way. You know, look at how McVay has turned things around for Jared Goff. He, last year, I mean, granted, playing on one of the worst teams in football last year, but last year, um, you know, I mean, I, and I talked about it before because um, you look at Carson Wentz and his situation. Doug Peterson was a quarterback. His offensive coordinator uh, was an NFL quarterback. His quarterback's coach, you know, played the position, you know, at a high level. And the only guy in, you know, so of course he's being surrounded by guys who have played in the game for years and years and years. They know how to coach a quarterback and how to play quarterback. Jared Goss first year, his offensive coordinator was a tight ends coach. Okay. What the hell does he know about coaching a quarterback? His head coach, Jeff Fisher, defensive guy. Okay. And his quarterback coach was Chris Wanky. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop right there. And, okay. But you come in, McVay comes in there. All of a sudden, Jar- Jared Gaff's playing at a Pro Bowl level. The Rams are six and two, possibly seven and two after this week. And, you know, they're headed to the playoffs. They're first in their division right now in the NFC West. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that the Bears need now. We need somebody who can be our quarterback whisperer and help uh, Mitch Trubisky make the next step because it sure as fuck isn't John Fox and Dole Loggins. It is not. Okay. It's not. It's like the things that Trubisky has been able to do thus far, he's most likely been doing despite what's going on around him, you know? So he's got some things to work on, uh, definitely. But uh, we need to shore up the offensive line as far as our pass blocking, which seems to be getting worse as time goes along. Uh, We can't protect our quarterback now. And, um, you know, maybe they're just taking a beating from the fact that they're running into a brick wall every time they try to run the ball because our offensive formation and our personnel groupings tell the defense that we're going to be running the football. Oh, Shaheen's on the field. Oh, we got two tight ends and, uh, and an extra tackle out there. Well, I guess we're going to be running the ball, so let's put 11 guys in the box. And do we want to, you know, maybe do a slight play action out of that? Nah, we're going to run right into... Uh, you know, it reminded me of the movie The Perfect Storm when the when the boat's trying to to drive over that over that one big wave at the you know in the middle of the that huge typhoon storm. And what happens? 
the wave overtakes the boat and the boat sinks. And that's what happens every time the Bears try to run the football when they're staring at 10 guys in the box. Do we audible out of that? Do we call a timeout, maybe get a different personnel grouping out there? Nah, we're just going to run right into it. It'll be all right. So, real quick. Um, Bear ups and bear downs, I can only think of one. Well, two. Two. I want two. Uh, One, Connor Barth, because it's bizarro day here uh, on on the field. Uh, Connor Barth kicked three 40-plus yard field goals. Trubisky threw for nearly 300 yards and didn't throw an interception. Uh, The other one that I want to throw to is is not Trubisky. It's actually Dontrell Inman. Um, You know, his debut was outstanding. We need to find a way to get him the football more. That has to happen going forward. He automatically becomes the best wide receiver we have on our team. Uh, Bear Downs, Dole Loggins, easy. Um, We have the, the, you know, honestly, I mean, it's not saying much, but we have the best wide receiving core we've had all year. Marcus Wheaton maybe had had zero snaps in the first half, maybe had a handful uh, in the second half. And then, you know, I've already gone on my little tirade about how Josh Bellamy was non-existent for the majority of the first half of the season. But instead, not only was he playing wide receiver today, he was the primary target for most of Mitch Trubisky's throws. You know how many catches that fucking guy had today? Two. He had two. One was a 46-yard touchdown. The other one was was a short gain for about 10 or 11 yards. The the rest of them were off his hands, over his head, you know, that kind of thing. So Trubisky's got some work to do with his per his uh, mechanics. He was he overthrowed some guys, missed some throws that were there. The receiver was open. He threw it over their heads. Now I don't know how much the offensive line and their protection or lack thereof had to do with that, but nonetheless, that's something that Mitch needs to work on uh, going forward. He played well, but he was not perfect today. Um, the other, uh, bear downs. Yeah, let's just stick with Loggins, you know, fuck that guy. And, and John Fox, you know, it's like, congratulations on actually, you know, throwing the challenge flag and having it blow up in your face. Like the asshole that you are. It's just unbelievable. I could not believe it only happened. This only happens to the bear. I know people like to talk about how the, the Browns have bad luck and things go epically wrong for them. They should check out some bear games from time to time. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe we win every once in a while, probably more often than even the sorry-ass Browns do. But, you know, you guys are just bad. You guys are just bad at football. We take bad football to another level. Like, we have talented players that are being coached by other fucking morons, and this is this is what that looks like, you know. So it's, it's just terrible. You know, the defense, I got to give a bear down to the defense just for the tackling today. You know, making Jamal Williams look like an absolute beast. I don't know who who Green Bay's playing next week, but they're going to kick Green Bay's ass all over the field. Why? Because those guys are going to be tackling them. They're going to get after Brent Hundley. They're going to, you know, whoever Green Bay's playing next week is going to beat the shit out of them. You mark my words. Okay? They're going to come out. They're looking like gangbusters and world beaters against the Bears today. They're going to do a fucking thing next week. I promise you. They're going to get back to their losing ways next week against whoever they're playing. I don't care who it is. It could be the stinking Browns. I don't care. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. So, because they all they have to do is look at the film and be like, yeah. Uh, like, there was a play like on third and four. Leonard Floyd hits Williams first. Kyle Fuller gets bulldozed, trucked over uh, by Williams. And then Eddie Jackson just barely has enough. Uh, to bring him down, but by then he's across the first down marker and the chains are moving and the clock is running. I mean, it was pathetic to watch today. You know, it's like unless the guy is covered 
in, you know, KY jelly or that, uh, what's that nonstick spray you put on your frying pans and shit, Pam or whatever, unless he's covered in that, there's no excuse for the way this guy was running through tackles today. No excuse, none whatsoever. So, so my face is a shade of red that I haven't seen in a while. So I'm going to stop now and, um, I'm gonna let you guys chew on this one and make sure to put the explicit tag on it. Uh, you know, the funny thing is I was looking at my on this day, uh, thing on Facebook, uh, today, and today's the anniversary of my epic, you know, I almost popped a brain vessel screaming at the bears. And uh, it was a Thursday night game against the 49ers in 2009 Cutler threw five interceptions against one of the worst 49er teams to ever exist. And we ended up losing that football game for no reason. You know, 2009, that was the year that Erlacher broke his wrist against Green Bay week one, and he missed the whole season. Okay, so the defense was missing him. It, we, had, we hadn't played well all season long. The defense finally puts a decent performance against this terrible, mediocre, inferior 49er team together. I think they only allowed 13. Well, they lost the game like 13 to 9 or 13 to 6 or something like that. And they, it just it was never should have been that close. Cutler threw five interceptions, but three of them went off his receiver's hands. It, it was an unbelievably bad sh- performance. Well, today was the anniversary of that. So it's only fitting that I do this show this way uh, for you guys because the pairs have put together another performance that absolutely sends me through the roof. And I didn't want to wait till tomorrow. I absolutely did not want to wait until tomorrow uh, you know, to share this with you because it wouldn't have been the same. It would not have been the same. I had a day to figure this out and sit back and chew on it. Fuck that. Here it is right here, right now. We're terrible. You know, instead of, you know, having optimism and hope and all that kind of stuff, winning a game, we were favored to first game. We're favored to win all year. And we, 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 we come out looking like a bunch of idiots, man. It just, it's, it's, it was perfect. It was perfect. So if John Fox doesn't get himself fired over this, I don't know what we got. He must have pictures of, uh, you know, Ryan Pace and McCaskey with a farm animal or something like that. If he ends up keeping his job uh, after this year, it's like, it's, it's like losses like this to this team, to Green Bay. They're unacceptable, unacceptable. You know, when we finally have a chance when I, when our, when our, you know, as I said in the open for the preview episode, can the bears kill the wounded animal? No, apparently not. We can't. We took mercy on them today by being our old selves. The, the penalties and making the stupid mistakes and giving our opponent extra chances when they didn't earn them for the most part. You know, give credit where credit is due. Green Bay came to play. You know, they did what they do. They, they played to win. That, that play to Devontae Adams, it was, that was poetic is what it was. Just like perfect to the point every time. You know, you even heard me talk to Evan Western uh, about that in, in the preview uh, where I talked about last week's, last year's game. Uh, in December, uh, the Bears come back from way behind to, to tie up the football game instead of going for two to try to get the win. Oh, we settle for the extra point. Let's send it to overtime. Let's let's go for it there. No, playing not to lose. Well, Mark McCarthy, Mike McCarthy wants to win the game, so he's going to find Jordy Nelson down the field 60 yards for a first down, and uh, you know, that set up the game-winning field goal and everything. So instead of third and 10 and putting the football back in Mitch Trubisky's hands, instead he goes for it all on third and 10 finds Devonte Adams down the sidelines. Perfect throw. Amazing one-handed catch while Kyle Fuller is interfering with him, pulling and holding onto his uh, left hand. He makes the catch first down ball game. So 
we deserve to lose this game and and we should have come out and wiped the floor with Green Bay. We really should have. Okay, you go back and listen to the preview show. Does this sound like Evan Western was looking forward to watching the Bears and the Packers on Sunday? He was not. He absolutely was not. And now he's probably so drunk because he he could not believe that it was happening. He's probably you know just in a in a in a in a coma right now from all the alcohol he's consumed in the last forty five minutes after the, watching the Bears blow this game. So that's it. I'm done. We'll uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Jeremy Reisman, one of my other favorite guests, will be on to preview Bears Lions, and I will be happy to tell him just how embarrassing this game was for us, and uh, how I, you know, fully intend to watch the Lions uh, piss all over the Bears on Sunday. I just, I have, I have lost all confidence in this team. You know, we, we lose when we should win. We win when sh- we should lose. So that means we're going to lose next week to the Lions and then give the Eagles all holy hell two weeks from now on the road against, you know, like a 9-1, and 10-1 Eagles team. We'll give them their second loss of the season, and we won't win a game for the rest of the year. So that's what we can look forward to. But come back on Thursday. Hopefully I'll be in a better mood, and I'll be in a more cheerful mood because I'll be talking to one of my favorite guests in Jeremy Reisman from the Pride of Detroit uh, on SB Nation. So until then... I apologize for the language, guys. You know, for those of you who are uncomfortable with it, um, you know, this one's not safe for work. So uh, make sure you got your earbuds in or, or, you know, your earbuds in or you're, you're listening in the car and it's just you. So the rest of them won't be like this, I hope. Until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the Chicago Bears Review.